0: Good evening, and welcome to Weird Mountain, where the men are tough and the sheep are scared. I'm Gomez the yard man. While the gals are busy doing whatever it is witches is do this time of year, I thought I'd take a moment to let you know how much we all appreciate you listening to the show. Thanks for tuning in. I also wanted to let you know that things can sometimes get a little strange up on Weird Mountain. Especially this time of year, the veil, she's very thin. What you're about to hear are stories, but are they just stories? The gals say no, decide for yourself. But don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs>
1: well, so I was thinking about something that you said the other day. We were talking about ghost, ghostly animals. Yeah. And the spirits of animals. And that sent me down this whole mental kind of rabbit trail where I was trying to remember the history. But there was a time when... That was really big in the American psyche. Was the ghost animals? I want to say it was maybe in the forties. Really? Yeah, it was right after the time when seances were such a big deal.
2: And it, <laughs> was that in the twenties? The twenties? Yeah, they were big on table tilting. Table
1: the- tilting too. That's right.
2: Yeah, we did that. My mama did that all the time. We did seances, Ouija boards, all that stuff
1: so what do you think about table tilting
2: well i don't know i don't know what to think about it i mean i don't think it happened to us lots but i never knew if it was just like somebody's knees under the table i never knew i just take it for what it is though you know it's like yeah okay so some little spirit hand is moving the table i don't care believe it if you want to or don't doesn't matter to me well
1: and okay here's another one that i wonder about sometimes why is it that people freak so hard if you say Ouija board?
2: <laughs> what is it about a Ouija board that makes it so much more scarier than anything else? I swear the funniest, I, I love Ouija boards. I mean spirit yeah. boards or talking boards, they're also called. Yeah. I've got one that a friend of mine made out of a a a big, a big old sliver out of a tree that's got all the letters and numbers and stuff on it. And it's been shellacked. It had the shellacked the hell out of it. So you don't even have to use a planchette. You can just put your fingers on it and they'll slide around. I, I love Ouija boards. And my father's father, back in the 20s, worked in a factory locally that made novelties. And one of the things they made were Ouija boards and they were—we've got one of them here. It was a Ouija board that looked like a thermometer because it had a long tube of mercury in it, and Ooh. you sat opposite each other, and you put your fingers on the tube of mercury, and the mercury moved up and down, up and. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's fabulous. And It was a novelty company, but yeah, I. I'm gonna get you I'm gonna answer your question in a minute, but I gotta wax poetic about the Ouija board. (laughs) We had some ratty ass old Ouija board that we used, because you know my mama was into that big. And we'd pull out some old table, I'm thinking it's probably a card table, and we put the Ouija board on it and move the plane shed around and all that stuff, and we never really never really got answers that, that we didn't already know. But boy, she was so into that. And then when my daughter was about 10 years old. As some of y'all will remember this, some toy company came out with a, an adorable pink Ouija board for young what? teenage girls. Are you kidding? And, and it was the only time I was ever in that big old toy store across from the Biltmore Square Mall. I remember that It was the Toys R Us, maybe. And I went in there one Christmas time to get my daughter that damn pink Ouija board. I was determined she was going to have that. And she was so happy. She told all of her friends, guess what? My mama got me for Christmas. She got me a Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> her little North Asheville friends, their mamas just freaked out. Well I, knew, well, I knew she, her mother was a witch, but I didn't know she'd be summoning demons with a Ouija board. Oh, <laughs> anyway, Ouija boards, talking boards are spirit boards, whatever you want to call them. They, um, they get a lot of bad press. I know. Um, but I'm not sure they don't start that bad press to sell more Ouija boards, just to be honest. Mm, good thought. Good. <laughs> I thought. mean, if I was in the marketing department at a Ouija board company, not that there is such a thing, but by God, we should do a weird mountain Ouija board. We flat out could, and let
1: me tell you, I've already got the first card figured out for the Weird weird Mountain Deck.
2: Oh, no, not another idea. But, yeah, instead of calling it a Ouija board, we could call it a yes-sir-no-ma'am board. (laughs) Let's do it. I can design it. I can design it. (laughs) anyway yeah if I worked in the marketing department at a Ouija board company a novelty company I would be spreading the rumor all the time whoa these are very dangerous don't let your children play with them and then I designed it so it was irresistible to children (laughs) irresistible (laughs) like pink you know (laughs) that's so funny
1: well it's awesome I've got to find a picture one (laughs) it is
2: um it, it ties back into what we were talking about some time ago about poltergeist, mm-hmm. because it's kind of the same energy. The people who always get in trouble with Ouija boards are the 10 to 14 demographic, and then the 14 to 18 demographic if they're drinking and smoking a lot of dope.
1: <laughs> well, surely they wouldn't be doing that.
2: No, not here in the mountains. We never do anything like that. <laughs> no. So I am, I am all about it. I'm all about the Weird Mountain Ouija board. Yes. Yeah. We- Weird Mountain Yes or No Man board. Talking board. The talking board. Yeah, we'll call it talking <laughs> board. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Imagine, imagine the demons we can we, we can summon. <laughs> oh, no. Look, it's the Tennessee Valley Authority. They're on their way. Oh, no. It's oh, the God, no. <laughs> Not the Appalachian Regional Commission. Gee, how's <laughs> The tour tourism development authority, (laughs) not travel and tourism. No, oh no, they're here in the room. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, you can tell who I think my demons are. Yeah, (laughs) now see,
1: I hit the mute button for a second because I was laughing so hard, I was afraid (laughs) I was going to, you know, do
3: something.
2: I don't know how y'all stand this when we just get so tickled with ourselves and just when off we go. It's like a day at the damn races, isn't it? Well,
1: and you don't have a, you're not ADD at all. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm not, but I know that you're not. But I think when I get around you, I'm just, I get so scattered and and you go along because you know a little bit about most every subject. Have you
2: noticed? Well, here's what I tell people is that I can talk about anything, anything for a flat hour. (laughs) Doesn't matter what it is, you give me a topic and I can talk about it. Now, I'm not going to know anything about it, but that's like being a politician, isn't it? I just be talking about it, I won't know anything about it. It's like, well, I I did a study just last week. And in that study, it said blah, 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 blah.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. When (laughs) my first desk clerk job, I was unprepared. I was a second shift desk clerk. Okay. And they're the ones who are checking everybody in. And invariably when you check somebody in, they want to know how to get to this place or that place. And I was, I went, I was working at this job and they, they all wanted to know how to get to the Biltmore house. And it was just this huge joke within the tourist industry around here, you know, because I would be at a gas station and somebody would stop me and say, how do you get to the Biltmore house? I'm like, how did you know I was a desk clerk? Yeah, but (laughs) at any rate, so back to what we were saying, my boss would be in there and she would hear me giving the wrong directions to people. And he's like, go to the stop sign and take a left. And I should have said, go to the stop sign and take a right. And she finally said, you know, finally, years later, we were talking about something and she was laughing about that, about how when I first started, I was giving everybody the wrong directions. And I said, well, why didn't you tell me that I was? And she said she would just get so tickled because the directions were so wrong. And she said, you know, not one single person ever came back and complained about it and I said well okay that's true I didn't I never heard anybody come back and say hey you sent me the wrong direction and I said wonder why and she said well you just sounded so much like you knew exactly what you were talking about that they all assumed that they were the ones who had gotten it wrong isn't that funny yeah that goes back to the whole well you know you can if you're not afraid to, to share what knowledge you have with somebody if you're not afraid to have an opinion about it, you know. So you could be a politician if you wanted to.
2: Oh, I, you know, I got my eyes on soil and water conservation.
1: You that's going to gonna
2: be that when I run for something, that's what I'm going to run for. I tell you what, I dread it for those folks, but I hope you do, and I hope you're not kidding about it. Oh, no, I'm not, but it's going to be after I come off the road and I'm settled for a little while, and I know more about what it does. The guy that's running for it now is uh, is already doing it, and he seems to be doing an okay job. I don't know. I actually know. Anyway, yo, God, can you imagine all the skeletons dancing out of my closet? Yo, you, I ain't got nothing on Cal Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say he ain't got nothing on you. <laughs> I think that's what I meant to say, isn't it?
1: Yes. That's Cal
2: that. Cunningham ain't got nothing on me. There. There you go. Who even cares about people? I don't even care about, I don't even know what to care about anymore. Do you? No, I don't. And that you
1: asked, it was kind of a joke and it's kind of not a joke. It's like, I still care about everything that I used to care about. It just seems like there's so much more to process of it
2: though. Well, and it feels like there's just so little you can do about it. I care about it, and break my heart over it, but I can't do a damn thing about it.
1: Well, that's where the ancestors have helped me some. Boy, yeah. isn't
2: that true? Talk about that. Well, I well
1: because they just, all I have to do is think about, well, what would my grandpa say about this? What would my dad say about this? What would my grandma say about this? You know, what would their attitude be about it? And suddenly things have a different point of view for me sometimes. You know, especially yeah. politically, my family was so, so into politics. Small town politics are
2: the meanest place to be in politics. Oh, my goodness. That's right. That's the truth. Yeah.
1: It's just tough. And it's, it's just a job that you not just are you in, but everybody in the family. So, so yeah. my grandpa was in politics for all those years there, all those decades is what I should say. He was, a, he was mayor for 34 years straight. And he loved, he only did it because he loved the place so much. He gave up his salary. I mean, it's not like big city where they're making a lot of money and all that stuff. It was a labor of love to try and help the town become organized and help them get things like, you know, electricity and telephones and stuff like that that everybody yeah. had. And I can tell you that it's rough. It's, it's a rough place to be.
2: A small town is, you know, there are many blessings about that because mm-hmm. if you are suffering and your neighbors know it, they, chances are, they're not going to shame you about it. Mm-hmm. It's just that stuff's going to show up on the back porch for you. Yeah, absolutely. And you won't know who did it, and it won't matter who did it. You'll just know that your neighborhood's take your your town is taking care of you. But the other piece of that is, everybody in the town knows when you're in, in trouble and need stuff. It's hard to keep secrets in a small town. It's near impossible. And, and if your family is involved in the phone company. Oh, know, my
1: gosh. It was, it, I mean, it was just near impossible. My grandpa was with the volunteer fire department, the Shriners and the Masons and, you know, and all of that stuff. And so he was a, he belonged to the town, basically. Yes. And, yes. and it was a, it was 24 hours a day. The phone could ring. And he would have to go. And then I found out last week that he had uh, O negative blood. So the closest hospital was, you know, I think it was about 30 miles away. It was in Andrews. And if there was a situation, they would call him 24 hours a day and say, can you come and give a pint of blood? We've got a problem here.
2: Oh, you know, and so it was
1: like he oh was gosh, always I
2: love that.
1: Do you? Well, it's my grandfather was a very very public-minded person and he really had a lot of compassion, which is why I say small town politics are so rough because people were rough on him. They were sure. Yeah, you know, there was a situation where they wanted to clear cut some land out of the Joyce Kilmer Forest. And at the time, I was alive for this and I remember it. And you probably do too. There's a prominent politician who was sponsoring it. And my grandfather was dead. Was damn his name
2: Charles? It. it was, it was. Oh, yeah, I remember it well.
1: And my grandfather was dead damn against it. Uh, you know, Charles was given all of these reasons that he had to clear cut. Had to. Yeah, yeah. And he was saying that he went in and he said all this stuff to the townspeople to the effect of, well, here I am. Y'all are in the worst financial position in the entire state. You have the highest unemployment in the entire state because they did at the time. I'm trying to get you guys some jobs. If you'd let me do this, I could pay your folks seven bucks an hour to run those trucks to clear cut those, you know. And it's like seven Uh, bucks an hour sounded like a lot of money back then. Yes, yes. But to lose the National Forest also sounded like a lot of loss. It's the last ogro forest east of the Rockies.
0: Hey everyone, it's Gomez the Yard Man. I wanted to break in here for a moment to let you know how much the gals have been enjoying your feedback. It really makes their day. I want to encourage you to continue to send in your stories, questions, comments, and thoughts. You can psychically send them if you know how to do that, or just use social media, (sighs) muggles.